Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. This afternoon I have a very important present truth instructional message and I've entitled it Overcoming Job's Error of Omission. This is very instructive because of the perilous times in which we're living and up till now we still see so much calamity happening in the lives of Christians. Even people we will all call good people, morally upright people, people who are not committing any type of sexual immorality or any type of moral sin, and bad things are happening to them. And you know, traditionally over the years, people said, well, you know, you know, they will it's a hymn I love. There was a God moves in mysterious ways. And it's true. I love that hymn because the hymn is very true. And the words of that hymn are wonderful. But I believe that the church needs to have a correct understanding of what is actually happening. So that we will not be... This scripture just popped into my mind now from the Holy Spirit. He said... We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. That's not the will of God. He said, nay. No, we're not sheep for the slaughter. But in all things, we are more than conquerors. When you look at the experience of many of our people today, particularly in these perilous times, the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew 24, Jesus speaking about the end time that iniquity shall abound and indeed we see it all around us and all kinds of things pestilences earthquakes famines you know this covid raged the entire we've you know because god has been merciful and we've come out of it now you know but we can't forget the terrible so many people died so many even Christians, even pastors. And I think we all make a big mistake by just saying, well, you know, it's the sovereign will of God. And, you know, no, 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 no. Many of us are like Job. And so I want to use Job as a type. The book of Job was written for our benefit. The Bible says all things that were written you know, we're written for our learning. Romans chapter 15 says everything that was written previously, everything in the Old Testament was written for our learning. See, the Old Testament has not been done away with. Many of our uh, modern day charismatic word of faith Christians believe, oh, you don't know, the Old Testament is not too important because we're not in the New Testament, just concentrate on the Gospels concentrate on the epistles you really can't fulfill a lot of things in the gospel and the epistles if you don't understand the types and the shadows that are in the old testament 
a lot of detail of what you are to do in the New Testament is hidden inside the types and the shadows of the Old Testament. If you don't know, you're going to miss out a lot of detail. That's why you find the Old Testament is more voluminous than the New Testament. New Testament, most of the letters are just short letters. Four, four chapters, five. The long ones in the New Testament are 15, 16 chapters, like Corinthians and, and, and Romans. You know, those two are 16 chapters. All the others, you know, are just, you know, 10 chapters, five chapters, some three, some five, some one chapter, some two chapters. Why? Because the detail is in the old. What you have in the new is just a principle. But the detail of how to really do the things in the New Testament, you know, is hidden inside the types and the shadows of the Old Testament. You do yourself a great disservice to ignore the Old Testament and say, oh, it was in the Old. All that was done away with in the Old Testament was the animal sacrifices, which we don't need anymore because Jesus died for us, you know, and he was our Passover lamb. So all the ceremonial uh, animal sacrifices, the divers' washings, the physical act of them, we don't do again. But even in those things are messages to us. Even the animal sacrifices, there's, there, there's, a, there's, there's instruction to us. Even in the, in the washings and all those things, you all think, oh, I was all this. You know, everything has a, 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 a spiritual <clears throat> equivalent that is to be applied to the New Testament. Many years ago, God gave me this wonderful revelation that I shared, you know, and, and I've never really heard anybody else say it. I called it the Melchizedek, uh, the, the, the spiritual sacrifices of the Melchizedek priesthood. We are under a new priesthood. The old, old priesthood was a Levitical priesthood, you know, but Jesus now started a new priesthood called Melchizedek. In the Old Testament, in the Old Levitical, they used to sacrifice physical sacrifices of the killing of animals. In the New Testament, we still sacrifice, but they are now spiritual sacrifices. And the details of our sacrifices in the New Testament are hidden inside the shadow of the physical animal sacrifices of the Old Testament. So if you don't know them, you will not even know how to do them in detail. You can say, Amen, say, Oh, me. It's so anyhow, like Papa Hagen would say. Job was a morally upright man. It was God himself who said this. Everybody turn my Bible to Job chapter 1. I heard Papa Hagen say this, and I think Kenneth Copeland who said it many years ago. And what he said was this. He said, unfortunately, Job didn't have the book of Job to turn to. <laughs> Aren't you privileged? Job could not turn to the book of Job. You, and you, you can turn now to the book of Job, but Job couldn't turn to the book of Job. It, it was being written by his experience. So Job was in a dilemma. He hadn't got a clue what was going on. And God rebuked him for it. And I, we will see that before we close. You know, God actually rebuked him. As good as he was, you know, he rebuked him. And that's why I, I said with that introduction, the Old Testament is very important. I'm going to say something is heavy, but it is true. And take it with, you know, take it with the right spirit. Don't, don't take it with the rebellious spirit. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. 
Christians who do not learn the Old Testament types and shadows and how to apply them in the New Testament will perish in these perilous times. You say amen, you don't say amen, it's so. It's the truth. That's why I'm preaching this. Told your neighbor, say, Pastor is preaching it so you will not perish. <laughs> but you see, if you lack knowledge and you don't act on it, you will perish. That's not the will of God. Now, people don't like to say that, but you, know, you have to say the truth. Otherwise, I can't help you. You have to say the truth. My people perish. And that's exactly what happened to Job. And God had to rebuke him. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Job chapter 1. If you're still on my side, give me a wave offering. Mm. Good to be on my side, trust me. Because I'm on the Lord's side. There was a man, Job chapter 1 verse 1. There was a man in the land of Oz. I really don't know where that is, but somewhere in the Middle East. Whose name was Job. And the man, everybody, I want you to read this thing. And the man was perfect and upright. One that feared God and eschewed evil. How can anything bad happen to such a person? The word perfect there is not perfect like in the New Testament because they were still sinners. They hadn't been born again, so the sin nature was still there. The word perfect just means he was upright. He was complete in all of his ways of walking with God. He was a good man. I was talking to a friend of mine recently. And uh, he was telling me, oh, you know, God is drawing him and everything. And that, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to you know, do the will of God. You know, that he's, you know, doing a lot of uh, philanthropic work. He's helping the poor and all of that. I said, what you're doing is good. I commended him. I said, it's good. I said, but it's not enough. I said, you remind me of the rich young ruler. Like Job. Good. He came to Jesus and said, what good thing shall I do? Jesus said, hmm. He said, honor your father and your mother. Don't commit adultery. Don't tell lies. The man said, all these things I've been doing from when I was a child. The Bible says, and the Lord loved him. He was not lying. He wasn't lying. He said, he commended him. He said, oh, very good. He said, all right. He said, if you will be perfect, I maybe want to be perfect here. Yeah. He said, go and take everything you have. Sell it. Give it to the poor. But this is the really hard part. Take up your cross and follow me. Uh -huh. Ouch! Ouch! The Bible says he went away sad because he had great... So I was telling my friend, I said, you are, that, you are like that rich young ruler. You're a good man. You help the poor and all of that. I said, but that personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ to take up your cross daily. The selling, the selling of the things was just to remove the distractions that would distract you from taking the cross. You know, people 
zero in on go and sell everything. That, that has its part. But the, the real important part is to take up the cross. And many times, if you have many of those things, you won't take up your cross. Have you noticed that rich men don't come to church often? Hello? Yes. Very rich people. How many rich people have you seen in an all-night prayer meeting? I'm not, about, I'm not talking about people like you. I'm talking about really rich. Uh, people who, are, who have assets and cash in the billions. You know, he goes to church. He goes to church on Sunday. You know, if they ask them to give, you, give. He can give you 100,000. He can give. No, no big deal for him. Maybe now tell him that he should get up every morning. At 4 a.m., 3 a.m., like my wife and I, to pray, he'll be wondering, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what problem do you have? <laughs> it's true, I'm telling you. No need for that. Oh, it's the people who have problems. People who don't have money that need to do that. But we who God has blessed, how many people remember that? You know, we don't need that. It's the greatest deception of the devil. So he told him, he said, go and sell everything. So they won't distract you. That's the reason. It's revelation knowledge I just gave you. So you can take up your cross. He didn't. So I told my friend, I said to him, I said, that's what you need to do. And he, he looked at me and, you know, we're with another friend, you know, about three of us, four of us. So he said to me, he said, he said, Olubi, you know what? He said, that thing really touched me. He said, hmm, the rich young ruler. He said, I've never thought of it like that before. I said, you're just like that. You're rich. I mean, he's rich relatively, you know. And you do help. You do. He said, but are you taking up your cross daily? You know what he told me? True story. He said, Olubi, send me that scripture. Um, I did better than that. Not that I sent him scripture. I sent him my articles on it and everything, and he's been digesting it. You see? That's why people like me, for example, to the glory of God, God, I'm not, I'm rich, but I'm not rich, rich yet, but I am going to get rich, rich. I'm on my way. My wife and I are very much on our way. You know, that's why we said the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. But, you know, I now know why God would not have allowed me to... You know, if I was rich 30 years ago, I would not have learned the thing I've learned. There is something about money. <laughs> and the confidence it gives you. That makes you think you don't need God as much. You need God, but not as much. That will make you take up your cross daily. So that's why the first thing God does is that he strips you of your natural. Then he now teaches you to take up the cross. And when you've learned how to take up the cross, he will now make you really rich. And that's what he told them. The rich young ruler, um, churches tells that he was Barnabas. You know, he, became, he got born again later in the Acts of the Apostles. History tells us it's Barnabas. But after he left, then... Um, Peter said, you know, and the other apostles, you know, the Bible says they were greatly amazed 
Because Jesus said, how can a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven? Now, it's difficult. You know, the eye, the, the camel will go through the eye of the needle. The Bible says, Jesus beheld them and said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are. So, in other words, the will of God is for you to be a rich man inside the kingdom. But this is the way. So, Peter now said, what shall we have? So, this is where, it's not Kenneth Copeland, it's not Kenneth Hagin's doctrine, it's Jesus' doctrine. Hello, somebody. Are you listening to me? This is the true prosperity message. You know what Jesus said to him? He said, there is no man that has left house or land or, or, or wife or, or children or mothers or fathers for my sake and the gospel. He said, he will receive a hundredfold in this time. So that rich young ruler, Jesus wanted him to make him a hundred times richer than he was. If he had just stayed around a few more minutes, he would have heard. He became later Barnabas, but you know, he, he never really got to where he could have gotten to. Another message for another day. We're talking about Job. So I, I said all of that to give you the background. This is a good man. And there are many of us like that. And it's you I'm talking to now. I'm talking to good Christian men and women. Upright. Fear God. Eschew evil. Who kept moral and ceremonial laws. Look at verse 5. Now, let me just give a background there because it was the Holy Spirit who revealed this to me some many years ago. I had heard people talk about it, but not put it together the way God helped me to put it together. There are three sets of laws in the things of God. There are moral laws. Moral laws is encapsulated in what we call the Ten Commandments. They've always been true. They, they were just formalized through Moses. It was, it was wrong to commit adultery before Moses wrote the Ten Commandments. But it was not formalized when Moses wrote the Ten Commandments. For instance, Abimelech in the Old Testament, this is Genesis chapter 20, long before Moses was born, had taken Sarah into his harem because she was a beautiful woman, even though she was 90 years old. God had begun to do a miracle inside her and her age, you know, her youth was being renewed like the eagles. Who wants to take a 90-year-old into, into a harem? Because, you know, God was doing a miracle you know, so that she could conceive Isaac. This is after the circumcision and God had appeared to Abraham. So that, that, those was in Genesis chapter 18, 19. This is in Genesis chapter 20. And this man takes her into a harem, <clears throat> of course, intending to sleep with her because she was a beautiful woman. And Abraham said, oh, it's my sister. So he, he assumed it was Abraham's sister. The law of adultery had not yet been written. You need to read your Bible with your head, with your, with, with, with your head correct. Are you listening to me? So, God appears to Abraham, sorry, Abimelech, in the middle of the night. God is the original Godfather. He said, you're a dead man. You took somebody's wife. But there is no law at that time that said that it was wrong to take somebody's wife. What am I saying? Moral law has always existed. It was only formalized through Moses. Then you have ceremonial law. Ceremonial law is... Physical ceremonies with which you serve God. In the Old Testament, it involved animal sacrifices before the law, which is what Job did. And, you know, all kinds of uh, ceremonies. Then after the law, it also involved animal sacrifices and washing, putting oil 
on your head and all kinds of things. You know, we carry over that in the New Testament. You find people trying to do anointing oil now and all that. They're trying to do ceremonial observances of the Old Testament inside the New Testament. Silly people not understanding that today the anointing is spiritual. Of course, you can use oil once in a while, but don't make a religion out of it. It's a lack of knowledge. Are you listening to me? So, you know, you see what happens. And then there is spiritual law. Now, Job was keeping the first two sets. He was keeping moral law. He was keeping ceremonial law. And spiritual law was where the problem came from. Let's go on. So, God, loving Job... He said, verse 5, and it was so. I'm not hearing anybody. When the days of their feasting were gone about. Uh, in order to understand this, let me just give you a background. Job had seven sons and three daughters. Beautiful girls and wonderful children. And they, they, these, they were grown up by this time. And they used to, you know, feast. These children were just enjoying their father's money. Like a lot of our children today. A lot of our children today are enjoying covering on their parents and don't realize it. They were feasting and going from one house of, the, of one child to the other and just having a big time enjoying the covering of their father Job. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you and God bless you.